you want to talk about West Coast team travels east? My God. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Neil Smith, on Twitter as well, at Nonsense underscore Neil. Both of us on the Fantasy Life app, at Important Nonsense. It is Wednesday, October the 17th. Neil, how are we doing heading into week seven of the NFL season? Oh, doing pretty well, doing pretty well outside of my Golden League team, which makes me just want to just scream into the sky. Other than that, I'm good. Hi. It's always the ones you love the most that hurt that's you, right? right? That's right. That's <laughs> right. The one you actually prep for. Uh, how are you doing? Sounds like you're in the same boat I am. Well, I mean, after they released me from the Insanity Ward and uh, they took me off Suicide Watch, I feel much better. They ever give you your shoelaces and, uh, back? I'm doing better, yes. Yeah, they gave me my shoe bit, laces and belt back, and now I feel better about the week. So, yeah, it happens. It's a rough weekend. It happens. It catches up with all of us eventually. I see. It's the game we love and also drives yeah, us crazy. I see they filled that lithium prescription. <sighs> Among other things. <laughs> all right, well, that's enough horrible, horrible jokes. Let's... <laughs> Yeah, after uh, after a rough week six, I, I'm more than ready to move on to week yeah, seven. Yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. There we go. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Read all about it. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Da, 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 da. Hey! Da, 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 da. News of the week, and we kick it off with the biggest news there was. Devonta Freeman, the star running back of the Atlanta Falcons, the groin issue that has been bugging him all season has finally sent him under the knife. He had groin surgery yesterday, and the Falcons have placed him on IR. He's eligible to return in Week 15 if they decide they want to make a playoff push, but with their division and how they've been playing this year, I don't see that being very likely. So he's more than likely done for the year. Look, I've been saying all along you guys need to go out and add Edo Smith, and all of a sudden... If you were one of the few people that listened, it paid off huge for you. And if you haven't been listening, then shame on you. It's one of the one of the few things I've gotten right all season long, Neil. <laughs> I, I, so I'm I'm gonna hold on to that one with pride. I'm gonna clutch onto that one, white knuckle it, all the way to the end zone on this one. But uh, three straight weeks now with a touchdown for Ito Smith. He looks poised to just take over that Freeman role for the rest of the season now. Tevin Coleman keeping his usual pass catcher role, even with Devonta Freeman out, they've basically had the same amount of carries and Coleman the same amount of production. Where do you see these two Atlanta running backs now for the rest of the season? I mean, Coleman pretty much moves up to back end of RB1, top end of RB2, where he usually ends up getting slotted in whenever Devonta Freeman gets hurt. It's not like a mystery. We've seen this before. Coleman ends up getting the bulk of the work. He's a pretty serviceable player. However, Edo Smith rides in because the Falcons as a system don't want to have one guy. So 
Ito Smith is going to get some run, and weirdly, I think he ends up in RB2 flex territory just because he's kind of the new Tevin Coleman, even though the skill sets don't really line up that way, per se. But, uh, I mean, Ito Smith's going to get some carries, and he's going to get some targets, and he seems to be one of the preferred options in the red zone. Would you kind of concur with a lot of that? It's interesting you bring it up that way because this is kind of this is really the only talking point of the fantasy community this week, and that's kind of uh, where it balances out too. Devonta Freeman coming into this season was I had him as RB eight. I forget where you had him ranked in the preseason. I could look that up but, actually while you go. Um, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I had Freeman as RB eight, a back end running back one, Coleman in like the flex range. So I had. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I think somewhere like close to 30. And then with the injury to Freeman, typically what happens is Tevin Coleman always gets the pass catching and Freeman gets a majority of the straight carries. They'll occasionally give Coleman a carry or two just to keep defenses honest. But for the most part, he's a flex range guy because he only gets the pass catching and that's the main bulk of it, which makes him valuable in PPR. With Freeman out in the past, Coleman's gotten the whole job basically to himself, which is why he's fallen into the back-end RB1 range where Devonta Freeman is. Now they have Ido Smith, someone who has taken a role on his own. And don't forget, too, in the game when Freeman came back a couple weeks ago, the one game he's basically started and completed all season, Ido Smith had a rushing touchdown. Ito Smith was getting carries. He carved himself out a role in this offense regardless of if Freeman was playing or not. Now with him out, it looks like he's going to take over the Freeman role where he's going to get a majority of the carries and the goal line work, and Tevin Coleman is going to be the guy who's been what he's doing, getting the pass catching. The difference is instead of giving Ito Smith the full brunt of the carrying load, they're also going to give it off to, uh, to Coleman. So... I tweeted it out earlier this week. I believe that Coleman now is not an, uh, a one territory where Freeman was and where he normally would be. I think he's still in the mid to back end RB2 range, so it helps his value certainly. But I've got Ito Smith locked in as a solid flex with upside if he can burrow his way into the end zone like he's been doing. And uh, I think you shouldn't be sleeping here on Ito Smith if you're the public. I think a lot of people are really high on Tevin Coleman kind of shooting his uh, his value through the moon here, and I, I don't know if it's actually going to go up as much as people seem to believe. Well, it falls in line with the rest of your Edo Smith analysis from the rest of this season that clearly no one listened to because they're still trying to figure out what Edo Smith is. So there you <laughs> right. go. Who is this guy? Yeah. To answer your question, uh, by the who's way. Who's this Edo Smith? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, I'm sure it is Edo, by the way. Especially in Middle America, there's no way they, uh-huh. they know how to say that. Yeah. By the way, I had Devonta Freeman at RB11, uh, so a little bit behind you, but not. Yeah. So back. Drama. Yeah, but still back end one. Yep. Yeah. Back end one. Top if you're two. if you are still looking at it, do you know where you've got Coleman? Uh, I can tell you in a moment. Uh, I don't usually have Tevin. Uh, I had Tevin Coleman at 24. Oh, so back end two. So yeah. right at the top of flex, yep. basically. And that's usually where he ends back up living. And I, it's mostly because I usually mm-hmm. build in a couple games where Freeman's going to get hurt. And unfortunately, he got more. Yeah, and PPR. Yeah, and PPR. All the pass catching some of that. PPR. So he's going to be, 
he's going to, they're both going to have value. Maybe the way to think about it is they're both kind of low end twos or high end of flex type of situation. If that's the way that's actually going to shake out. The most interesting thing here is the passes. That's, that's the difference maker. Because just like with Coleman, how they would give him carries to keep the defense honest, they occasionally would throw the ball to Devonta Freeman too, to keep defenses honest as well. And to this point, Ito Smith has gotten basically no targets out of the backfield. So it'll be interesting as the season goes on to see if that changes and that could help his value as well. It's also possible, and this is something I had postulated to you actually yesterday, would not shock me if suddenly we see a third guy suddenly get some carries. And I'm not talking about they go out and make a trade or anything crazy, but like suddenly they just bring whoever their other depth guy is who I don't even know who yeah, that some is. Practice squad well, some guy. practice squad yeah. guy just to spell those two guys. Cause if you take another injury to one of them, now you got a big problem. So Correct. they already yep. were running a system that effectively had three people in it. So it really wouldn't shock me to see how the, now, unfortunately we won't know until their next game, what this is officially going to look like, but it is, it is more or less the most interesting fantasy topic of this entire week is what what do we do now that suddenly it could be two guys who knows it might be three again there is quite a bit of uncertainty here so really the only advice is though both guys worth owning both guys could potentially find their way into your lineup but to your point don't sleep on ito smith don't just ignore him and you mentioned a third guy always always a good time to uh, remind people dan quinn comes from the pete carroll you up system yes meanwhile couple of QB injuries that we were keeping an eye on. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, surprise inactive for the Dolphins this past weekend. He was out with a shoulder injury out of nowhere, really. He, they've been resting that shoulder injury most of the year, and then for no real reason, they decided to sit him and play the Brock star, and uh, they went with Brock Osweiler at QB. Well, they're sitting out Tannehill again, have already ruled him out, Osweiler gets the start for the second week in a row. Got the big win on Sunday against the Bears in Miami. They're home again against the Lions. If you're QB desperate, are you interested in Brock Osweiler at home this week? You know what's funny about Brock Osweiler? He's won effectively three meaningful games in his career at each at each stop along the way. Broncos, Texans, Dolphins. You know who he beats every time? It's one team, and it's the Bears. <laughs> It's the That's weirdest fair. thing. That is fair. Where for whatever reason, Brock Osweiler can crush the Bears, and no one knows why. Well, you, you know what? The McCaskies are just trying to make it happen. Yeah. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> They're trying to make it happen, yeah. and I don't know why. Brock superstar, big house, five cars. No, thank you. Not really interested. I mean, I, okay. Stop me if you've seen this movie before. Brock Osweiler looks competent. Brock Osweiler is going to be, you know, usable. He's going to be fine <laughs> at some level. That's the analysis on Brock Osweiler. And then he goes out and lays the biggest of eggs. I I just have zero confidence in it. Yeah, that's fair. I can't argue with I have it. zero confidence. There's, there's no – I mean, I want to talk you into it, but there's really no part of me that can allow that I've to watched the Broncos. Man. I've just you seen it. You can't talk me into this. too much. I've seen too much, man, and you've also yeah, seen it. Yeah, you're a Bronco fan. I'm a Texans fan. We're not we've both seen to, too much of Brock to know how terrible this is. I, I I'll tell you this: if if the game of football was just doing the press conference, Brock Osweiler, top ten. 
He's amazing at that press conference. He's so good at, the, in the, at, at doing the press, but he is not that good on the football field. I'm just not, just not sold. Like Brock Osweiler's entire value this weekend is can Albert Wilson catch a four-yard pass and run 75 yards? Yeah. He did it twice last yep. week. So can he continue to do that? That's the question. Yep. Is the secondary in Detroit competent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the question. Yeah, but that's what you're banking on. You are because he's not going to take any chances down the field. I think they've beaten that out of him nope. finally. And if he point. does, it'll end up in the other team. Yep. And I think that's big part of why they're like, nope, your max depth of target is now six yards because that's where you can throw it accurately. So there you go. Really not super interested in this, even with QB being a complete nightmare. I gotta believe you could go pick up CJ Beathard. And yeah, if I'm doing and do. if I'm doing complete things like that, not, you know, crazy. I'd much rather take a chance on C.J. Beathard putting up another 20. Meanwhile, Josh Allen sprained his elbow in that game against the Texans. A bizarre situation. He threw like a 20-yard pass, and then you could see him like shaking his arm out. And on the next play, threw an incompletion and was just down on the ground holding it. I don't know what exactly happened there. I didn't see anything when I rewatched the video, but... It was a real weird injury. He left the game, listed as week-to-week. He's got a sprain in his throwing elbow. He's expected to miss at least a couple of games. They're saying two to three weeks at a minimum. He's already been officially ruled out this week against the Colts. When he left that game, Nathan Peterman, the human interception, came in to take over that game and immediately threw the game away to Jonathan Joseph. That was just predictable. I mean, I was going to say ugly, but it was Nathan Peterman at quarterback. So was that not the most predictable thing that could have happened? Yeah, because I get to do my Nathan Peterman stat. And it's really more of a funny Tom Brady joke. So in order for Tom Brady to be on the pace that Nathan Peterman is interceptions-wise, he would need to throw a 1,000 consecutive interceptions. <laughs> consecutive is my favorite part of that. A 1,000 consecutive, and that would put Tom Brady on the pick pace that Nathan Peterman is on so far in his career. I don't see how you could oh, possibly great. put Nathan Peterman back into a pro football game. And clearly the Bills agree. And yeah, and they aren't. So they decided that Derek Anderson, who they signed as the emergency quarterback a couple weeks ago, is going to get the start and just leapfrog Peterman on the depth chart. Look, I wanted no Bills to begin with. And now you've got Derek Anderson in his first start with the team that he's barely been on. I want even less of the Bills, even despite the matchup against the Colts. So, I mean, obviously, I think this boosts the Colts' defense value. I'm playing the Colts' defense in <laughs> a 12 There you DPR. go. I mean, like, are there any bills at all that have any kind of value? Is it the same that it has been, just this, LaShawn McCoy and everybody else? It's the else? same that it has been. It's LaShawn McCoy and everybody else. And if you want to hang your hat on anything, if you own LaShawn McCoy, you would think they'd have to run the ball more. You would think. You're going to let Derek Anderson yeah, huck it around probably. the yard for you? Like, you've been there for a week. <laughs> I'm really not interested in that idea. Also, I've seen Derek Anderson play football, both as a Panther and Brown. Not particularly great at either of those stops. He was fine. He's, you know, he's okay. But how little do they think of Nathan Peterman after that to go? The thing I remember most about Derek Anderson was that one game when Cam Newton was like still, he was able to play, but Derek Anderson was in on like a gadget wildcat play on the first play of the game and he threw a pick and it got returned for a touchdown. That's that's what I remember most about Derek That's what Anderson. most people remember most about Derek Anderson. <laughs> like, it's going to be ugly. The Colts' defense is bad, but, I mean, there is no... 
there's no reason to not play them. This this should be really ugly. Yeah, I had them in the if you're desperate part there of the uh, the pickups, and with Derek Anderson being named a QB, I don't know how desperate you really have to be to go yeah. after the Colts defense. Meanwhile. <laughs> Tight end injuries. Evan Ingram practicing in full today, expected to return Monday night against the Falcons. Again, we brought this up last week, but if he was close enough to playing last Thursday, I would have to believe that with the extra time going all the way to the following Monday night football, basically two more weeks of rest, that he'd certainly be back. And barring any kind of huge setback, that will be the case. So if you've been holding on to Evan Ingram, he will return Monday, it looks like. Niles Paul took over for Austin Safarian Jenkins in Jacksonville, immediately went down with a knee injury of his own. While it's not expected to be season-ending, just like ASJ, there's no reason to really hold on to him on your bench. At this point, it's just a complete disaster at the tight end position in Jacksonville, so I want none of them, even as a flyer, until further notice. I mean, unless one of them really emerges as doing something interesting, I, I just, I, I'm not interested in any part of it. Neither am I. Meanwhile, call that hashtag analysis, people. Cooper Cup took a nasty leg injury on a horse collar tackle, which is, uh, by the way, why horse collar tackles are illegal. the drop. It was got no drop. It was rough. <laughs> uh, the one with one me yelling. One? The uh oh. Yeah. No, the one with me yelling. Oh, yeah. the panic. Yeah, hit the that. panic one. Oh my God! Why? That's everybody who owned Cooper yeah, Cup's reaction. It was brutal. Right there. Pretty much. And then, uh, yeah, the the entire internet immediately assumed the worst. They were talking ACL tear. He's going to be done for the year. There goes my whole season. And look, clearly they don't know my boy Cooper Cup. All right? He he went into the locker room, and they were like, nah, Cooper, you're done. He's like, hold my beer. <laughs> and he just went right back out there in the second half. <laughs> and he just went out there, caught some more passes, looked solid still. Had an MRI the next day, and he's got an MCL sprain. So he played through an MCL sprain in the entire second half of that. He's missed. He's listed as week to week. He, he could miss at least a couple weeks. Already ruled out for this week to uh, let it rest and heal up. But props to Cooper for getting right back in there. Best time to do it is right when you... Cojones. Yeah, it's best, best time to do it, though, is before the injury got cold. You know what I mean? Like once he stopped moving, yeah, that was exactly. the end. Use the adrenaline so, to your advantage. Yeah, you gotta yeah. if you're gonna play, that's the time to do it. So, yep. I mean, he finished it. It's amazing. But I would say MCL sprain is usually two to four weeks, and they've already shut him down for this week. I'm just trying to filibuster. Do you know when uh, the Rams buy is? Is it week 11? I think it's week 11. Uh, off the top of my head, I do not remember, but I can look it up. Uh, you can look that up while I'm going through the rest. Yeah, of Yeah, that's uh, it is week 12, by the way. So he'll probably okay, be back. so they're the ones with the final buy. Yeah, they buy have the final now. buy. I knew it was late, but he'll be back uh, before that, I would think. The only issue you have to worry about is the Rams don't care about your fantasy football season. They are trying to win a Super Bowl. So if he is more hurt than is initially let on, you just have to worry about the them just shutting him down, especially if they're still undefeated, you know, just trucking through people, which why not at this point? Yeah, I mean, they may just rest him a week longer than they would have normally but i think he'll be back in a couple of weeks i don't think this should be a long-term thing you just gotta hope he's back before the bye otherwise you're stuck until week 13 but i think you will be true yeah but he should be and then uh in the meantime robert woods gets a bump up in production the entire wide receiver core has been so dominant for them that it's hard to imagine anybody getting a bigger role than they've already got but 
Woods seems to be the guy that has get that gets the red zone targets when Cup isn't around, and even when he is around, they kind of split that workload, even though Cup has a majority of it. So now Woods, I think, kind of steps into that role, bigger, uh, bigger role for him. It's possible somebody off the bench comes up and takes a, a shining star role there. Do you think there's an outside chance there's a waiver wire pickup we don't know about yet, or maybe this helps Brandon Cook's value at all? Or there's always an outside chance that the, there's uh, the Woods train. There's always an outside chance that somebody from the bench uh, could get in there. So you just got to keep your eye on that. I think the the instant analysis would be Cooks probably gets a little bit of a bump up, not a huge one, but just the extra targets. But Cooks is their down the field guy. So it's more you're worried about the red zone. So I agree. They're going to try and go to Robert Woods. I will say you got to be a little bit worried that now defenses can key on Robert Woods a little bit when they get down to the red zone. But you got to figure they're going to be. Yeah, I was going to say with less options out there, do you think this helps defenses more and it kind of hurts their value? Maybe a little bit, but I'm not too worried about any of it, frankly. I think if, I think you can pretty much expect roughly the same production unless somebody emerges from the bench. But that, unfortunately, we'll have to wait and see because there's no immediate name that springs to mind unless you could think of someone on the Rams who's a depth guy that could just come right in. No, I mean, it's all there. I think this week is kind of going to be the audition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always four or five guys on the roster who are special teamers, and that's all they do. And I kind of think that each one of them is going to get their own opportunity out there to get some extended playing time and see what they can do with it. And I'm not willing to waste a fantasy spot on my bench for any of those guys until somebody can step up and do something. Yeah, they might try and get the tight ends more involved too, but frankly their tight ends aren't good. So that's that's yeah, exactly. that's been the knock yeah. on that forever. So I will say they're playing the 49ers. The 49ers defense is very bad. So it, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag analysis no, I again. Mean, did you Twice. see him on Monday night? Have you seen him at all this season? Like their secondary is atrocious. I mean, it's Yeah, that's why I love CJ Beathard. Yeah. So it's just that's that's yeah, that hashtag analysis. <laughs> You'll have to throw <laughs> constantly. There it is. Have that's yeah. it. So it, it really is. It really is the just one of those things. I agree with you. I think I think they're gonna ha- they're gonna have opportunities to audition people in this game. Let's just say they're gonna get down to the red zone. It might just turn into Todd Gurley is just an animal. Like he's just a manimal. Like he's. He's yeah. completely dominated. Just the whole B team is in there in the second half to see what everybody's yeah. got. Todd yeah. Gurley. And Todd Gurley ends up with a 60. And it's just... Yeah, Todd Gurley comes in at quarterback yeah. and starts Z- throwing exactly. it around to the backup wide receivers. Yep. Yeah, It's just one of those things. They just run the Wildcat the entire second half. That's no, sure. Nobody it saw it coming. Perfectly, yep. But, yeah, unfortunately for uh, for anyone who's been relying on Cooper Cup, because that 40... 40 was pretty sweet. Meanwhile, Calvin Ridley left the game with a bone bruise on Sunday. Lucky for his uh, ankle injury, it's not too severe, just the bone bruise, as I mentioned. However, what worries me about it is it's the Monday night game, and they've got that week eight bye coming up, so it's possible they're not going to rush him back. They'll give the rookie some extra time to heal up through their bye and be at 100% week 10. They're already dealing with the Devonta Freeman injury. They don't want to push and have another player out for an extended period of time if it's not necessary. So it's possible they sit him out. And with it being the Monday night, unless you've got Mohamed Sanu, which is owned in 63%. Who is also so questionable and left the game early, by the way, last week. Right. He had a touchdown. And Sterling Shepard. 
uh, who's owned in 77% of leagues, so it's possible he's still out there on your waivers if you want to do that. Or somebody else you trust in that Monday night game, maybe you've got the Edo Smith and you want to put him in your flex with instead of Calvin Ridley type situation, wait that out if you've got better running backs. I don't know, something like that. Otherwise, I think if you don't have a Monday night backup plan, it's best to just start with somebody who's playing Sunday and uh, and just not deal with the whole the headache going into Monday, risking the zero. It's possible he plays. If he does play, they may have him on a pitch count, and he doesn't take as many snaps, so they don't risk it. It's just it, there's too many red flags here for me to feel comfortable about Calvin Ridley this I week. I have to believe you have someone on your team that you can play that isn't Calvin Ridley that will be fine. I would not. I would not right, feel good because about that. more than likely where he was going, you took him as a flyer, right? So you've. So there's got to be somebody that he took a spot for on your bench that now has to go back into the starting role because yeah. of it. I'm not comfortable with playing Calvin Ridley on the Monday night game. I also don't feel great about Mohamed Sanu. And incidentally, while we're here, not super confident about Sterling Shepard either with the return of Evan Ingram. Boy, just Mr. Negative yep. today. Meanwhile, Amari Cooper and Marshawn Lynch both left the London game early with injuries. The Raiders are on the bye this week, so we won't get too much more information on either one until next week. But with the struggles of that offense as a whole, at this point, Neil, are there any Raiders that you want to own? I mean, with the Bills, it's McCoy and no one else. Who do you want on the Raiders? It's McCoy, and I'm lowering expectations just about every week, except for maybe this week. <laughs> That's, and This was my favorite topic of yesterday's pre-show. <laughs> this is the best one. Yeah. Are there any usable Raiders? And yesterday, I had said to you, it's Jared Cook, and you don't feel great about it, because he either gets you a 33 or a 3, and that's kind of it. Do you want Doug Martin or Jalen Richard? No. You want Jordy Nelson? No. no. I don't really want Martavis Stonehands Bryant. I also don't really want Derek Carr. Like, So, it's Jared Cook. Derek Carr is interesting if you're desperate. If I'm super desperate. On and the matchup is okay. And yeah, but just yeah, there's a, there's so many ifs and parameters. Like if he's at home in a decent yeah. matchup on a nice sunny day with enough rest, <laughs> and he ate his Wheaties, yeah. and Gruden wasn't and mean the to sun him all week. rose in the in the east. Yeah. yeah, and I just don't feel confident in any of it at this point. And like I said, I'm going back to it's Jared Cook, and I don't even feel great about it. It's just tight end is a just yeah. train wreck. So I can understand if that's what you're doing, because it that's literally it. And I don't really feel great about like Jalen Richard. If I was desperate, like I don't really want Mark. Yeah, if if Marshawn doesn't play, then Doug Martin takes over that role. And do you really want that at this point? Uh, I've seen I mean, it. Like it, it's either it's either. I mean, Jalen Richard is because of the pass catching. Yeah, you get a floor. They're always playing from behind, and he's got the PPR floor. So, I guess if you're super running back desperate, maybe Jalen Richard. I guess, but no, I don't want any Raiders. I don't feel no. I don't really want any Raiders. Like I said, Jared Cook is the only exception to this rule, and that's only because tight end is a complete train wreck. Meanwhile, ugh, do we really have to talk about this again? Yes. I mean, this is just remember Ezekiel Elliott from last year. That's what this is becoming for this year. It's just the the every week topic. You know, we said it in week one, and I I was like, yeah, I tried to mentally prepare myself for it, and I just I can't even. (laughs) 
Oh my God! Get the pumpkin spice lattes out for Steve. He just can't even. I need that PSL because I can't even. Okay, well, it's the right time of year for it. Le'Veon Bell, quote, doesn't report to Steelers as expected. End quote, according to multiple reports. Neil, the part about this that's so confusing to me is the as expected part. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He was going to rejoin the team coming off of their bye. I always anticipated he was going to return to the Steelers next Monday because this week, their bye week, all it is is closed-door meetings that mean nothing to him. So why would he come back this week? That doesn't even make sense. If they're not practicing, why does he even need to be there? So am I seeing this wrong? Because I feel like everyone else is going crazy about this, and I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> which sometimes means I'm the real crazy person, but occasionally it means I'm the only one that's right. So which is it? Can, help me out here. Walk me off the ledge. I can't walk you off whatever sanity ledge that you seem to be standing on the precipice of, but maybe I can take some of the load. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> it's not going to get better in the next segment, people. <laughs> and if you're expecting this to get better in the next segment, it's not going to. I just want to point out, that why I think people are overreacting is the, the issue is, is that he said week seven and that's how it got reported. And so people see that and they know that the Steelers are there having meetings and they would expect him to show up to take part in the meetings. But as you point out, players don't always do that. It isn't necessarily the end of the world. It doesn't mean he isn't going to show up at some point. I will say what is an eyebrow raise for me, which is something that I've been going back to, which is since so much of this is just clearly fueled by money. He needed to show up to get that check for the bye week. And that I thought was, it was contingent upon getting him getting that check for the bye week, which is what I felt like. Okay. Well, that's why you come back in week seven. I don't have to get hit and I get my $850,000 and I just have to get in the car and go. And I don't even have to even say anything while I'm there. I just have to walk in, wave, talk to a couple people in private meetings, I would think, and then leave, and I get 850 k Now, I don't know enough about the specifics of how that actually gets dispersed, but I feel like so much of the language that we've been told and what was being reported is he actually has to report at some point to be officially put back on the roster to actually get that check. And him not doing that is an eyebrow raise because – it's eight okay. It's eight hundred fifty thousand dollars to take an Uber ride to to the stadium. Like it's not. That's all it is. So that's a little concerning. But I agree. Now everything we've seen, um, there have been a couple different reports out there that he is still in Miami, working yes. out. So so we have to we have to just figure out exactly how so that. Since works. it was the buy, he didn't want to fly back to Pittsburgh just to show up for one day and fly right back I can to Miami. I see that. I get that. So the only, the only thing that we worry about then is I think the big test, as we talked about, you know, off air a little bit, the big test is going to be uh, this coming Monday. So I, th- I think yes. if he doesn't show up this Monday, then it's a I think story. Everybody's flying off the handle a little bit prematurely, as you've pointed out. Now, we and... said at the beginning of the year, he doesn't have to show up till week 10. Correct. Because if he doesn't show up by week 10, then it voids his uh, entire contract for this season, and he's still uh, within the Steelers' rights. He has to play one more year. He does not become an, correct. 
yes, he he's not an unrestricted free agent. He's a restricted free agent with them still. So it, it voids everything. It defeats the entire purpose if he doesn't come back by week 10. So the people out there saying he's never coming back, that, that's not true. He will be back at some point. The question is, when he does come back, what is his actual role? What happens to James Conner, and when will that be? And we said, why come back before week 10? There was reports out there he'd come back in the bye, again from Schefter, who's been wrong so many times on this. Love Adam Schefter. He's usually money, but on this one he's... has been so wrong on this so many times. And Le'Veon Bell and his agent never confirmed week 7 or the bye week. The Steelers never confirmed week 7 or the bye week. So the fact that he's not there is not overly surprising to me. But we'll see next week. That's the real test. God, I love Lady on Bell's agent. Just the audio <laughs> is so. If you haven't, if, if you haven't heard it, we can't play it. But, but his. Uh, his oh no! I've got oh, it. Oh, we, we can play, we play it that still. Not, okay, yeah, I didn't know yeah. if we could still play that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. If you if you have that, let's fire that up for people because if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. We're good. We don't need it. It's all right. Just go back and listen to the other episodes. Give it's, us more downloads. It's amazing. His his we, audio we that his his whole well, something must come up then. Just, it is, oh, man. But. Oh, the drastic circumstances. Yeah, I just, we'll see what happens on Monday. Everybody just keep your shirt on through the weekend. Just roll. You can't even roll James Conner because they're on the bye. So just, just ignore this until Monday. And we will discuss this again on next week's show as we are contractually obligated to. (laughs) I just depressed him. Daily awareness. I just depressed him. Shout out. I know. We're going to shout out to Aiden at FF Aware. Uh, I've heard from a couple different people about um, not hearing from Aiden recently. And yes, Aiden is good. We're all good with, with all the daily awareness stuff. He lives in Virginia, so he has been dealing with a lot of storms and power outages. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure you know, Aiden's got all of his stuff and with his life and his house all in order before he's back dealing with our nonsense. It's important to us, but we all still understand that it's nonsense compared to regular life. Well, so, to what he... Shout out to Aiden. Give him all the love at FF Aware. You can send him your questions through the Twitter machine at FF Aware, and he will help you out through there. Uh, but, again, there, there hasn't been an article this past week or yesterday, and we'll see if he has enough time to get through it on uh, on Saturday. But, again, like I said, we're letting Aiden have some time to uh, to get his whole stuff in order before we're worrying about the fantasy aspect of it. So shout out to Aiden thinking about yep. you, man. Shout out to Aiden and he'll be back before too long, I'm sure. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Then a fish be trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Trust or Brust, as always, brought to you by my glass case of emotion. This week, my QB trust, Mr. Mitch Trubisky, Mitchy Football, Going up against the Patriots, I don't know why I have to keep reminding you people about this, but the dude has been on an absolute tear lately. First three weeks of the season, he had a combined 25 points. 
Since then, he has scored 29 last week and 44 the week before. So Mitch just tearing it apart right now. He has had some monster games. He is getting in the flow of that offense. The Nagy offense is working out well for him, and he's going into a game at home against New England where presumably they're going to be playing from behind and throwing the ball a bunch. And that New England secondary is hashtag terrible. They are a dumpster fire. Shout out to Superfan Brian. Go ahead and drink at your desk. In fact, because of this last weekend, dumpster fire, dumpster <laughs> fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Let's take a whole bunch of shots dumpster for you fire, right there. Dumpster fire. So Mitch Trubisky at, versus New England at home. That is my trust this weekend. Oh, my trust this weekend. Baker Mayfield. And I know didn't look great last week. I get that. The Chargers defense, actually pretty good, even with the injuries. There you go. I mean, it, it, it's it, sometimes it is very much that simple. Also, what is very playing from behind, too, which is weird. Yeah. yeah, but I will say they looked a little bit out of sync. They're getting, you know, they're starting to kind of run into some issues. But, you know, what can fix just about any issues you seem to have? Playing at home against Tampa Bay, which is what he gets to do this week. And Tampa Bay's secondary, man, if you think the Patriots secondary is bad, oh boy, Tampa Bay's secondary is bad. Real bad. Love all the, love Baker, love Duke Johnson, love all the pass catchers in Cleveland this week. Just love it, love it, love it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, Baker, I think I, I had Baker in the waiver column. Neil, normally we're down on the rookies. And we're trying to talk people off of the edge here. Like, what are you doing? Just because he's a shiny new toy. And this year, we're the ones. Like, why aren't you pumping this guy up? What is wrong with you people? I mean, I don't get it. Like, I, I get that there's... It's the total reverse. There's some shakiness to it still. But I just... I mean, in a redraft league, it makes a little bit more sense. But the fact that he's only under, still under 50% on is crazy. Please pick him up. I'm tired of writing about this. I don't want to write about it next week. Steve doesn't want to write about it the week after that. Like, it, just pick him up. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, and I put in the waiver column as well, Baker Mayfield playing Tampa on the road this week. Tampa Bay, the worst QB performance against them was Nick Foles in Week 2, and that was an 18. Yeah, I, that's that's the lowest point I'll total the they've given up to I'll a QB. I'll take the over. I, right? I'll, I'll take the over. It, Especially with his rushing as well. Ugh. You got, okay, he did get nicked up in that game against the Chargers, and he was limping a little bit. So assuming he can, he's got his normal mobility, even without it, I... I I still love it. It's just love it this week. My bust, unfortunately, Deshaun Watson against Jacksonville. Look, he's been turning the ball over a crazy amount this season, and it's not even his fault. I I don't blame him. It's not decision-making problems. It's the fact that if he holds the ball for longer than a second and a half, he's getting blasted in the backfield, and the ball is just fluttering up in the air and being caught by someone or he's getting drilled from three different sides by some 300-pound lineman and dropping the ball because his ribs can't handle the pressure. Like, it's, ugh, against Saxonville this weekend, yes, they've looked bad the last couple of weeks, but my boy Deshaun, I, I, I gotta believe this is not a matchup I want him in any way, shape, or form. I gotta concur with that. And my bust, this hurts me too, Philip Rivers. You know, at some point we have to stop saying it hurts us when we put him in bust. Like, I, every and we're week. always wrong, and we're always Four the people who are weeks. writing long love poem articles about Philip Rivers is the most underrated quarterback in fantasy. It's my favorite. It's my favorite duality of this show. But 
And to be fair, Phil Rivers had a bad week last week on Cleveland, like like I yep. said. And we did say at the beginning of the year that the middle part of his schedule it's was not horrible. Great. And I normally I wouldn't mind a matchup against Tennessee. However, this is the London game. So you want to talk about West Coast team travels east. My God. Uh, <laughs> but I I do not like anyone in the London game. That's it. Like, it, it really is that, that – sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it's that simple. I downplay all expectations for people in that London game. He might, you know, luck his way into a good performance, but I'm just not about it at all for the London game. I'm lowering expectations for everything, frankly. Those games just have a way of getting completely out of control, and it just – I'm not a fan. I'd, I'd be looking elsewhere – uh, I think you can. I think you've got. There are other better options this week. Have you seen Baker Mayfield's Don't Labor Way? Running back Mike Trust. Have you heard about this guy? Mommy! Ito Smith, Monday Night Football against the Giants. I have hyped him up so much on this podcast and previous ones that you should know by now my affection for Ito Smith and what he can provide for you. Against that Giants defense, he could have himself a big day in the Dome in Atlanta. My Trust this week. Royce Freeman on Thursday night in Arizona. So we get a fun one. The worst run defense in football against the second worst run defense in football. Oh, baby. Those Thursday night games. Oh, man. So Woo. I think there's just going to Thursday night. Catch the fever. <laughs> catch it. When it's on, it's on. Uh, just because now it's a game. Yeah. Two bad football teams clash on Thursday night with no run defense to speak of on either side. I like every running back on both teams. Philip Lindsay, love it. I also love Royce Freeman because I think he's just going to – I think every running back on Denver, not named Devontae Booker, probably finds the end zone in this one because that's their, that's just what – no one's going to stop it. No one is going to be able to stop it. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Devontae Booker, three rushing touchdowns. Of course. Well, of course. You stole my – you <laughs> stole my, ta- my topper. Thank you. Because now that I've gone on a limb for everyone else. But – I, I like David Johnson this week. I like Royce Freeman this week, and I like Philip Lindsay this week. You just can't talk about Philip Lindsay anymore because he's just too widely owned and started. Heard it here first, folks. Chase Edmonds. Chase, so Chase Edmonds and Devontae Booker combined for six rushing touchdowns <laughs> in this game, just to spite people. But yeah, I know Thursday night makes everybody nervous, but it, this is one of those ones where I trust I trust the overwhelming dearth of numbers to suggest that both of these run defenses are just. My bust this week, Mark Ingram on the road against Baltimore. Look, he came back. We knew what his role was going to be. He would take the midfield carries away from Alvin Kamara, and he would be the goal line back. He fell into the end zone twice, which was a majority of his value the last time we saw the Saints. I don't see them doing that again against the number one rushing defense in football right now, the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to struggle to move the ball on the ground. If they're going to do it, it's going to be through the air, which means all you Alvin Kamara people who for two weeks oh my God! have just Why? been freaking out, pressing that panic button nonstop, just, I think this week you're going to be able to calm it down. The pass game is what's going to have to get the Saints through this if they want to win it on the road, and I think Mark Ingram is going to struggle to put up points. And my bust this week, Sony Michelle going on the road to Chicago. And it's hard to bench Sony Michelle right now. So I get it. You may not be able to. You just may not have better options given how running back actually functions right now. However, I would – I just don't see a scenario. Chicago's run defense, too good. 
I'm not going to get overwhelmed by recency bias here. Chicago's secondary, however, very porous. So I think that's yeah. how they're going to choose to attack the Bears because that's the best way to do it. And New England has more than enough ability to just not have to run the ball against them and just pass, 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 pass. And when that happens, Sony Michelle's value goes way down because he just doesn't catch, catch passes. So love everybody on New England this week. Not super terrified of the matchup because it's the Patriots, but uh, not really interested in Sony Michelle this week. I will co-sign that as well. And people that want to come at you and say, well, Frank Gore just rushed for 100 yards. you got to remember that was in Miami with the 100-degree humidity, and now they're going to Chicago where it's going to be in the 30s and the 40s with the wind blowing on the lakefront. It's it's an entirely different animal that they're going to be facing. Yeah, and that won't bother in, New uh, England at all, by the way. None of that exactly. will bother New England. Well, I'm saying it's not going to gas out Chicago like they. You could by the third quarter they were no, I know, dead you could see in that it. You, game. You could watch it. Everybody, Everybody was, was hurt. People were taking oxygen on the sideline. It. It. People were dehydrated. It, it was. Right. It was. So bad. Frank Gore kind of was just the benefactor of that because you know if they don't have any other running backs there in Miami, so <laughs> it's just. They, <laughs> not even Kenyon Drake owners. Kenyon Drake himself is like, come on. <laughs> Uh, and the one-yard line's like, give me that ball. Yeah. Wide receiver. I work out for Jordan Howard. I trust too. this week. The same yeah. way. The that one-yard line. That one-yard line was, was That one-yard line was hungry. One-yard line. Was same one-yard yeah, line, by one the way. Yard, no, I was going to say, same one-yard line. Wide receiver, my trust. Taylor Gabriel, speaking of Bears, why is this still a thing? How many weeks do we have to mention Taylor Gabriel and his 18-plus points a week in this pass-heavy offense before people start catching on and go up? Look, I don't want to hear all about this Tyreek Hill is an instant touchdown and how much you love Tyreek Hill and then hate Taylor Gabriel, who's the same player in the same system. Why? 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 Because oh, they've seen Taylor Gabriel get hurt a bunch over his career at this point with San Diego. and No, because the Tyreek Hill fan club is just out of control. Well, there is so that. go get Taylor Gabriel and start him this week. Uh, this week I'm going to select one of Steve's uh, historical just boyfriends. Willie Sneed at home against, you are well against New Orleans. Uh, I believe he made the waiver columns. Mommy! I believe. <laughs> Steve has. Yes, he did yeah, make I the waiver so. columns. I thought I would read correct. that. Steve loves him some Willie Sneed, and I'm talking about historically in a stalkery kind of way that would get you a restraining order. That's how much Steve has loved Willie Sneed. And this week, I think it pays off for you. Don't be fooled. That Saints secondary is still bad. It's still bad, and the Ravens have looked really, really competent. I know. I know. It's amazing. Somehow, though, they just look competent again. And Willie Sneed is not going to draw the best matchup. So love it, love it, love it this week. I think both teams can move the football. Yeah, Willie Sneed, like I mentioned, uh, he's been shockingly consistent this yeah, year. And getting no love. Not the hallmark of Willie Sneed's career, by the way. Yeah, it's normally it's he's the like Will Fuller esque well, player where he's got to hit the home run that. touchdown. Brown, so right. they're asking to do That's a different what's job. That's been so weird. Yeah, they're asking him to do a different yeah, job. He's actually he's, been okay at it. He had a thirteen in week or uh, fourteen point nine in week one. And that's because he got a touchdown. And that's his only touchdown of the year. And every other week, he's had anywhere between an eight and a half to a thirteen. Yeah, he's had a so bunch of he's 11s. been consistent with volume. Yeah, he's had so, a bunch of elevens. He's been okay. I think this week he's gonna get you know a little garbage funny 
three-yard touchdown. That's more how I could see. I really feel like that could happen. And John Brown doesn't do that on this team. Yeah, he just I mean, runs down the field. The, the catches and the yards give him the consistency, and if he falls into the end zone, it's a big week for you. So yeah, I, I like think, it, Neil. Good call, like, good call. Think, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, many, my man, my man. Willie C. t-shirts do you own? Like six? Like <laughs> Teen. Yeah, 16. It's unbesneedable. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Corey Davis is my bust, and I put at L.A. in quotation marks, as you already mentioned, every, because it's in L.A. So, ex- thank you. Somebody's every. like, I saw someone on the Fantasy Life app today saying, look, I know this sounds shocking, but should I drop Corey Davis to pick up such and such player? I'm like, how is that shocking? <laughs> That's, shocking. That's the least shocking thing I've ever heard. Yes, drop Corey Davis. Why is Corey Davis still being started in so many leagues? That's what's shocking. It's like two weeks ugh. ago, he had a really nice week, and everybody was like, the Titans are back! And I'm like, no. <laughs> that is not. Yeah, no. As a guy Corey who wrote Davis, a love you poem with Derrick Henry this preseason, uh, no. Mm. No. The Titans aren't back. And then they got hung 21 on uh, to zero by an actual football team right now, the Ravens, a team that actually looks competent. But, but yes, ugh. in London, you already mentioned, I want no parts of that game either. It's going to be ugly, sloppy football, and Corey Davis, not someone I'm at all interested in. Next week, we might have to do, do you want a Titans, depending on how this game... <laughs> we're, we're rapidly getting there. I mean, probably. You're we're getting working there. on that pretty quick. My bust this week, DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke Bomb. Boo! Boo! That's what the internet did to me, too, when I said this. Uh, they just boo you and th- boo this man. Uh, do not like. Do not likey the matchup with Jalen Ramsey just draped all over him with the rate that, as you mentioned before, that Deshaun is just turning the football over. They're force feeding it to him. They're doing what they do. He's got it. He understands the system. That's the playbook. But they're just there's just seems to be. You gotta have. You're gonna have to get something else going. You're gonna have to stop turning the ball over. And ordinarily, I don't care if he turns the ball over. Nuke's gonna get his. But don't like it this week. That's a really bad matchup for him. Sure, the volume will still be there, but he has to actually catch it. So that. Oh well, him catching it is not well, no, the problem. Normally, it's Jalen yeah, Ramsey catches it. Exactly. Instead. That's what I mean. Like Jalen Ramsey might have three interceptions. I'm just gonna. It's just gonna. I, I don't like that game. That division game. Like it just. I don't like it. Also, Jacksonville coming off my only hope with that is since i have uh so much invested in deandre yeah i know that's why you're booing me gentle listener by the way that's why he's booing me is because he (laughs) has to play nuke bomb in the golden league this week and i know he's upset about it yeah and the pff (laughs) yeah i got a lot my only hope is if cole beasley can do it i I gotta hope that deandre yeah if cole beasley you know all right tight end trust cj zuma at Kansas City, well, I, I mentioned him last week. For whatever oh, reason, he's still out there in way too many leagues. He was my trust to so, paid off. Yeah, see, he's got yeah, stone exactly. hands, but I, it doesn't matter. He's the only guy. <laughs> he's gonna get the. There's value. only one guy. He, it's he just gets, him. He gets the value, and he's only owned in 22.5 percent of leagues. I don't understand the hate for it when tight end is such a dumpster fire. Dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster, dumpster fire, fire, Brian. Dumpster there fire. you go. And then, uh, so against Kansas City's defense, uh, he could find the end zone a couple of times. C.J. Ozuma, definitely a guy I'm willing to trust this weekend. Man, Kansas City's defense is so bad. 
which is so awful. Ugh, my trust this week, O.J. Howard. Look, the Buccaneers tight end has value. The $38 the $38 man. man. That's a <laughs> – 12 people will find that joke funny. That's the high. But <laughs> O.J. Howard, look, he's just more talented than Cameron Brayton. And if he's not actually hurt, the whole reason Cameron Brait was a thing last week was because we thought O.J. Howard was actually hurt with a similar injury to Evan Ingram. But apparently he's just not as hurt as that. He's just going to keep playing. And Apparently Tampa I mean, Bay's steroids are better than the ones in New clearly, York. Clearly, because he just came right back out there off an MCL sprain, was like nothing ever happened. And he's like, I'm good. Just runs out there and just, you know, Cameron Brait catches the early touchdown and then it's O.J. Howard the rest of the way. So Cameron Brait was valuable for one week. If you started him, great. He caught a touchdown for you. That's really all you could possibly have hoped for beyond O.J. Howard not sniping the rest of the day. But it seems like O.J. Howard is just going to be the guy here. So like him this week against Cleveland, because I think that game gets out of hand. <laughs> Candidly, I think that game just gets out of control. And then... You mean it turns into a Tampa yes, Bay game? it turns yeah, into a Tampa right. Bay game where the final score, someone scores 40 points. And I just, I think O.J. Howard finds the end zone in just... First team to 50 wins! <laughs> pretty much. And even Cleveland's defense has been better, but just I give me some O.J. Howard this week. I think he finds the end zone at least once. And, you know, the t- tight end is terrible. So O.J. Howard, basically rest of season. If you want my bust, Greg Olson at Philly, the Eagles defense has been real good at the linebacker and line positions. The secondary has been porous, but against tight ends, they have been a strong unit this year. Greg Olson still dealing with and coming back from that injury. He had an eight last week. I'm hard pressed to believe that he can put up better numbers this week on the road. And my bust, Kyle Rudolph on the road at the Jets. And the Jets actually are not a great matchup for tight end. Sorry, a little no, delay there. You're on good. The horn. But yeah, not not a great matchup for tight end in general. And I think the Vikings are going to have no issue moving the ball down there with Stefan Diggs and Thielen. So not super excited for Rudolph this week. But because tight end is such a train wreck, I don't know that you're going to have better options. <laughs> that's that's the fun part about the tight end game. That's the, fun, that's the fun part. That's what makes tight end the best every yep. week. Let's pick a name out yep. of a Because it's just a roulette wheel. And it's just it is there's three guys at tight end you feel good about every week. And then everything else is just a crapshoot. It, and it gets so ugly. After you get past like eight guys, it's just like, really? <laughs> really? This is what's starting? Good God. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Trust your bust this week. We have uh, no devil's advocate this week, so the, we'll be back next week. As we pointed out, there weren't three topics. Y'all need to create some yeah, division. There's no three topics. Get to it. Get on there. Everybody's too spread out. We couldn't exactly. pin anything down, and so we decided not to do a one topic with the Falcons running backs, and we just did it in news. So let's go. We need better topics. So it's your fault, America. Yeah. Be yeah, better. exactly. See, this guy gets it. Make our podcast do great Do my again. work for me. <laughs> that exactly that is all we ask but yeah to, to be great cash homie hopefully see that's the problem is the buys make everything so so challenging because also uh, you yeah. just factually you just correct. deplete the pool and then people are sitting there like well do i pick up do i pick up richard matthews maybe he'll get signed i don't know 
It gets so bad. Exactly. All right. Well, I have, of course, on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve, Neil at Nonsense underscore Neil, Aiden at FF Aware, and all of us on the Fantasy Life app at Important Nonsense. So until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.